What's up you guys, it's Josh Tongwell and I just want to keep sharing a little bit about my journey and especially when it comes to church, you know. So the question goes, so where do you go to church? Now if you're a Christian, you've probably been asked this question a million times. It's kind of like going to church and being a Christian, I guess you could say they kind of go hand in hand. But what's kind of weird is that you also hear a lot of Christians say that we are the church, that people are the church. So which is it? Think about it. Is church a place you go to or is church people you know so for years when i was growing up you know i believe that church was a place that you go to it's like a bible study or a building or a meeting or whatever and i guess i didn't put two and two together because even back in the day if someone were to like ask me how to define church i would say it's us it's people so even though i would say that my, my actions and my words kind of said the opposite as many of you already know i grew up going to church or let me specify i went to a, an institutional church Right, because that's what most of us are familiar with anyways. You see, church today is pretty much like a, like a system. It's like a machine where religious folks have come together for some sort of meeting, like a gathering or a service. It's kind of a trip, even when I observe going to different countries. It's that church pretty much looks the same. It has the same format. You know, for example, during service, uh, you're going to have them start off with like announcements and then, you know, they're going to have like a praise and worship time. And then uh, there's going to be a collection of tithes and offerings. Then a pastor is going to be preaching like a sermon for like 30 to 40 minutes or an hour, I guess, depends. And then there's going to be some sort of benediction. And it's like no matter where you go around the world, churches seem to have the same format. Now, there's a lot I could say about that because a lot of those practices and rituals are actually pagan in origin. But well, that's for another video. And of course, some churches will switch it up a bit, you know, trying to be more relevant. Well, they'll throw in some skits or some special numbers or dancing, whatever. But for the most part, it's these programs and these rituals. These are the things that are sustaining these kind of meetings that we call church. And I'll admit, you know, just looking back, like no matter what church I served at, my staff and I, we would constantly get together and just focus on programs and also um, programs and focus on programs. You know, did I mention programs? <laughs> you know, and of course I'll get the occasional, you know, from fellow leaders, like, you know, how are you doing? Stuff like that, which is nice, you know, but, but I can't deny that majority of our focus was always on programs. You know, we had to entertain people, right? We had to keep their attention for a couple of hours. You know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, with, with entertaining people, because entertaining or entertainment is, it's entertainment. You got to keep people's attention. But it makes me wonder though, would certain communities still meet up together if they didn't have skits or cool PowerPoints or amazing dynamic preaching, whatever, would people still come together? Or do people really just come together because they're looking forward to a, some sort of religious show? But no doubt about it, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna deny that throughout the years I, I built a lot of relationships within the institutional church. But just looking back now, I can't deny the fact that I did, this is for me personally, I did spend a lot more time quote unquote serving God in the church than rather being at home with my own family. This is just my own experience. I'm not saying everyone does this, but I'm not, I'm not gonna be, I wouldn't be surprised folks if I found out that a lot of people do that. You know, if a lot of pastors even do that now where they give more attention to the people at the church rather than their own family. So let me tell you how a lot of the big changes started happening for me. And it started happening back in 2009, folks. So it's been quite a while since I've attended uh, institutional church because I've heard different kinds of rumors when I would meet people. They'll say, oh, Josh, I heard you left church because of blah, 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 because you're angry or you got hurt or whatever, dude. But just let me clear this up for you guys and let me tell you the real reasons why I stopped going to church. So once again, it was back in 2009 and a lot of you know I became a missionary, right, to the Philippines here. And of course, I, you know, the thing is, folks, I, I didn't really know anyone here. I hardly knew anyone here. Even if I had family here, there were 
they were far away from where I live and I didn't even really know them to be honest and you know so for me when I came here I was looking for a church group a church family I was looking for new friends you know I was looking for a place like a church that I could call home but of course coming in as a missionary I had a mission right and I wanted to try to find some sort of church community that would give me an opportunity to share and to give me a platform you know so for months I went from church to church and you know I was meeting up with different people meeting up with different leaders and even some well-known pastors and and I was even able to teach you know some groups here and there you know to be honest I had some connections dude you know what I'm saying because I was meeting some well-known pastors in the cities and I had my foot in the door so to speak a lot faster than a lot of people who have probably been trying to climb the ministry ladder for for years you know because a lot of these folks um, that were here in the Philippines they're already watching some of my YouTube videos while I was still in the States since I had all these opportunities I guess you could say that in a way my plans were sort of working out in some sense yes and in some sense no because you know of course I was given some opportunities that I was thankful for but what didn't work out and what kind of caught me by surprise was the fact that I wasn't feeling a connection with a lot of people here just to be shut up with you guys you know and I, and I couldn't understand it because you know for me I feel like I'm a I'm a pretty relational person. I get along with people. I'm pretty chill. Um, I feel like people could get along with me. At least I'd like to think so. Um, but I just wasn't feeling that connection with a lot of the people that I was surrounded with on a regular basis. And I just didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, and even some church leaders, they would they would put me on a pedestal. You know, especially when they would introduce me to other leaders in the church or to some, uh, some artists, you know, because a lot of artists, they go to church here in the Philippines. You know, they would be like, oh, this is Josh. He's the new guy from America. He does healing and stuff like that so of course they put me on a pedestal and gave me some recognition and here's the thing this is something that I've always thought about every time I would join a particular church is that did these people really want to know me the person or mainly just interested in the titles that I carried or in the quote-unquote gifts that I had because to be honest I wasn't sure you know for several months I was attending several churches especially the two churches that were down the street from my house and a lot of the relationships that I had were pretty much surface level even after all these months several months and I was struggling with that you know and I'll just be chilling in a service you know in this huge service I'd be like thinking bored out of my mind you know I'm like I just I'd rather be chilling at Starbucks and just talking to someone on the real you know what I'm saying that that's what I was looking for instead of being in these churches and just sitting there watching some sort of religious show for a couple of hours you know I wanted to know if, if someone was gonna really take the time to get to know me you know or I was gonna be able to get involved in people's lives in a deeper way instead of just teaching and sharing you know I was seriously longing for authentic relationships you know, what would also make it tough was that, you know, even though I was chilling with a lot of these people, like we'd be chilling after service, going out to eat and, and laughing and blah, blah, blah. And then they always talk about ministry, ask me Bible questions or whatever back in the day. Then I'd go home. It would be tough because I would be going to an empty house. That didn't make anything easier for me because I lived alone here because my family was back in the States, right? So, you know, just being thousands of miles away from my family, just it was tough at times. So I started to fill out a place, not just within these Christians that I was around all the time, but I I was also starting to fill out a place in general here in the Philippines. You know, and just to acknowledge, like, I did struggle with loneliness. I got lonely um, just not knowing what to do anymore. 
I just started to miss home. So one night I was going to bed and all these thoughts were just kind of toppling down on me where it was it was painful because I was feeling really lonely not knowing what to do and I was just like crying out to God and I was even saying I'm sorry if I failed you as a missionary and all these in, in spite of all the things that I accomplished in several months which were a lot and it's not because I failed as a missionary because um, I wasn't able to, to minister here and there but it's just I didn't feel like I was connecting with the people that I that I wanted to connect with it felt hopeless finding a church that I could consider home and like I said it just didn't feel like the people were being real with me and then I ended up crying myself to sleep that night and then the next morning I was talking to God and I was just saying you know if I'm not going to officially join these mega churches that I was going to somewhat regularly I need, I want to somehow make an impact in media because you know if I'm not going to try to join these big churches um, I want to be able to reach people through media because then there's there's that's another platform in order to get the message out so I just decided all right I'm not going to worry about it I'm just going to chill I'm just going to go to the mall for today and what's crazy is that later that afternoon the same day um, I got a text message from someone asking me to be on a radio show to answer questions and to share my story and so to be honest that day of the radio station was really it was a big turning point for me here in the Philippines because I automatically connected with the people there which is a trip right it's like that's just the way relationships work it's either you click with people or you don't and I was able to click with these people right away you know and so I did the show and I connected with these folks and then they were introducing me to some other people and then one thing led to another and things just kind of started to fall into place fast forward a couple months and I was able to plant a church with some of my closest friends and so that was totally unexpected but I could say a lot about that but we ended up planting a church of course it started out small and then uh, but th that didn't last too long you know just the power of word of mouth without all the fancy advertising it started to grow and people would come like every single week to our gathering and yeah it was it was pretty exciting and the thing is our you know at the time our church had no name and what's kind of funny is that um, there are people who would call us a church with no name so we had a name in that sense that people who didn't attend heard about us and they would call Call us a church with no name, which is kind of silly, but kind of cool at the same time. We were just a bunch of friends who found each other. Just really fell in love with each other as a group, you know, just had this really strong connection. And our goal was to just build this family and to help spread this message. You know, we were talking about a lot about love, you know, spreading the love of God. You know, as people kept coming to our meetings, of course, the whole dynamics of our meetings started to change. So at the beginning, you know, our meetings were pretty chill. You know, we're just sharing our hearts, we're sharing our lives. And it was dope, dude. Like, we just felt this really strong bond between us. But then as, as time went by, and then we, our groups started to get bigger, you know, it started to become less relational. It started to become more structured, right? So we started to transform into this typical church service where we started to have announcements in the beginning. We had to form some sort of legit praise and worship team and things like that. So it became... It became very structured, it became very formal uh, in some ways, and, but it became somewhat routine. In other words, and this is one thing I really want to emphasize, that the bigger it got, the less intimate it became. You know, to be straight up with you guys, I started not to like it, the, the less intimate part. You know, because at first, we were just like a simple family, just really loving on each other, really getting to know each other, and then we started to become more uh, programmatic. And then I started to realize, eventually, that my understanding of church started to kind of contradict or not be consistent with what I was doing and with what I was saying because here I was for several months investing all my time and effort into these programs these programs that people call church
And here's what's interesting, you know, aside from our Sunday programs, a good number of people within our community, we would see each other like so much, almost like literally every day, you know, for hours. You know, we would hang out in, in homes, in bars, in restaurants, in coffee shops, and just share life. You know, sometimes we would talk about God, sometimes we wouldn't, sometimes we'd talk about Bible stuff, talk about movies, just a bunch of random things, you know what I'm saying? But, but for the most part, we just wanted to be together. And so we got into each other's lives, you know what I'm saying? We encouraged each other, we helped each other out financially we, we we prayed for each other you know we prayed for the sick for those that were around us you know but then again we had this sunday program that just seemed somewhat fixed you know because we were so influenced by the tradition of, of having a sunday service that it kind of uh just interrupted the whole flow of life that we were experiencing and so it kind of like started to feel out of place and then i was wondering if it was really necessary for us to still have this sunday service just think about it folks you know I, there's a lot of people that can acknowledge this right is that there there are times where we go to church you know on a Sunday morning just to get rid of the guilt for the you know for the day you come home and and the, the guilt's gone because you you did what you were supposed to do and and even if you didn't get much out of it you know you, you still went just for the sake of it's just something that you're supposed to do you know so okay for me it's confession time I'll be honest at that time I started to not want to go to church anymore my own church the church that I planted you know and I was the one who the people looked up to and some of them even called me pastor even though I didn't tell them to call me pastor um, I, I just wasn't feeling it anymore and I couldn't deny the feeling you know, don't get me wrong, prior to this, I loved having our services in the beginning, especially where, you know, we're having all these sharing and all this stuff and teaching. But since our relationships deepened beyond the Sunday program, I just started to not see the need anymore. You know, I didn't want to have a Sunday service just for the sake of having a Sunday service. You know, I just didn't feel like natural anymore. And it wasn't because I was trying to be a lazy bum, you know, just not, not wanting to help people. I still wanted to meet up with these people, but just in a more natural or organic way. But I felt stuck because here we have this church group that was growing and yet I didn't want to go to church anymore. So I, a friend of mine eventually told me about a book called So You Don't Want to Go to Church Anymore set it aside but then I eventually picked it up and that book was a real game changer for me and I remember when I was reading it and it just really got to me you know it just really hit me emotionally I'm like dude I could really resonate with the with the main character of the book we're just seeing the church as becoming some sort of business you know what I'm saying where the, the gist of the book you know the, the title says it all so you don't want to go to church anymore it's about being the church rather than focusing on going to church you know it's about having authentic relationships it's about having real friendships rather than ministry based ones and a, a lot of people can acknowledge this that a lot of times people are your friends because you're simply in ministry with them like you're in the praise and worship team with them blah 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 you know but outside of that stuff they're not your real homies these are not your real friends you know what I'm saying and so a lot of these times we can acknowledge that a lot of relationships are within the church only and so I eventually asked my group if they were willing to read the book and thankfully um, a good number of them did and so one Sunday we just decided to cancel a Sunday service and we met up with some of my closest ones because even though we we somewhat had a, a big group I guess you could say um, I, I just took a couple of them that were really close to me and we talked about the book all of them read it they loved it because I was very transparent with them of not knowing what to do you know what what the next step of ministry would be but then I was telling them that you know I don't control you guys you were never mine and you know, because here in the Philippines I got a lot of accusations about you're a sheep stealer blah blah, blah which is funny because I didn't try to grab people and tell them to join my group these were people that just heard about it and then they would join and they would just eventually stay <laughs> you know but there's this whole thing about sheep stealing it's kind of stupid to be honest anyways yeah these people were saying Josh we read the book just the main response would be that they had was there's no turning back and one of them even said that Josh there's no turning back because I told them you know I would like to try this whole being the church thing instead of having to go to church all the time 
And just to hear them say there's no turning back and for all of them to agree was like huge for me. You know, so things definitely did change, which is a trip because right after that, we stopped having our church services. But here's the thing, we still met up. Right, because that's what friends do. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have to ask each other, you know, how was your week or whatever, because we we saw each other all the time. We we shared life together. Like I said, we were like a family. We did everything together. When when you come to think of it, this isn't a new way of doing church, folks. It's just called living life. It's more real. It's more spontaneous. It's organic, and it's something that all of us do once we remove all the programs and rituals. You see, much of religion likes to make these artificial distinctions between the secular and the sacred, you know. This is secular, secular music, Christian music. Uh, this is a regular day, but Sunday, Sunday is a holy day. You know, so they make these distinctions between the, the common and the holy. But what if these distinctions don't really exist? What if it's just made up by a bunch of people? You see, so much of religion is only concerned about a part of life. But spirituality, on the other hand, it is life. Because everything's spiritual. You know, and just to be straight up with you, I'll be honest, like there were times afterwards when I started to question myself if it was the right decision for us to stop the services. We were hearing a lot of criticisms from other people. You know, there were people who tell my friends, you know, why don't you come to a real church? You know what I'm saying? These folks that were part of these mega churches. I did question myself because, you know, I started to wonder, you know, did I fail as a church planner? Because typically when you plant something, it's supposed to grow. And then I realized something. And I realized that my focus was in the wrong place because that's exactly what was happening within our group, growth. You know, maybe not in a, like a numerical way where we're, we're filling up a bunch of pews in a church building, but there was a lot of a, a growth in a sense of emotional and relational and friendships that were becoming deep. You know, and since our group was built on relationships, uh, it, was always, it wasn't always so nice and neat at times. You know what I'm saying? Just like on how you would find a lot of church services are very, like, clean. You know, it doesn't get messy there because there's a program. And so our, our group life got messy at times. But that's the beauty of it all. Because that's life, you know. So our relationships were very raw, very real, very genuine, which I was very, very thankful for. Because when you think about it, right, when you ask people, why do you go to this church and not that church? And the common responses would be, I go to this church because of the pastors. The pastor's awesome. Or I go to this other church because praise and worship's so amazing, you know. Or I like this one over hymns style, you know. It's like cool worship or whatever. Or we go to this church because of the spiritual gifts are here and not at this church, which is more conservative. Fine, you have all these reasons of why you go to this particular church. But in many cases, folks, there are, there's no mention of relationships. Even nowadays, when you think about it, a lot of times being a pastor is about preaching a good sermon instead of really getting involved in people's lives. You know, it's all about how good you can preach now. That's how you're known as a pastor. You know, I'll never forget the day when we were at the park and we were just chilling and we were just sharing about stuff. And, and then one of the guys in the group just wanted to share one of his uh, biggest struggles, like kind of like a dark secret, you could say, something that he was really struggling with. And, you know, so we were there just willing to hear his heart. And, you know, it wasn't like a, I had a hard time, but, you know, I don't put the toilet seat down or something like that. It was something that was really, that was kind of eating up, up inside that he just needed to share it to us. And it's not something that you typically hear in a church because I've never heard it shared in a church before all these years. But he felt safe with us. And I want you to think about that, folks, that, that someone can feel safe with you to share something very personal. And as we sat there, you know, we all saw him struggling. 
him sharing it. Like he started cussing and he was being hard on himself, trying to get it out. And he wasn't even making eye contact anymore because I guess he was feeling embarrassed. But we were all listening. And you know, I remember one of our buddies in the group just kind of went up to this guy who was sharing and he just put his arm around him while he was talking. And then I, I looked at the rest of the group just kind of wanting to observe their reactions. And they were just all listening. And there was no condemnation. There was no self-righteous judgment from anyone. You know, and I, I was really moved just by what I was watching. You know, and then I turned to the guy and I just said, you know, we're not here to fix you. You know, we're just here to love you. You know, because why kick him when he's already down? You know what I'm saying? He's already beating himself up. And then I uttered the most spiritual words that you could ever say to someone who's hurting. And I said, let's eat. <laughs> you know, and, and all of us, we just kind of broke out in laughter. And then, you know, we didn't close in prayer. We didn't share a bunch of Bible verses and throw it at them. We, ju we just all got up and then we just started walking together, you know, just like what buddies do. But we were walking together as a family. And the guy, you know, the one who confessed and shared some of his struggles, he said, thank you for loving me. You know, and the, the words hit me like crazy. You know, when I was in the, I got in the car and was like, man, you know, this is what it's all about. It's about loving people. It's about accepting each other no matter what. And it's not like we did nothing to help him that day where we just went out to eat, but it's like we, we understand that healing takes time. And I believe that, you know, healing comes through healthy, loving relationships that are formed. You know, and that's what he needed. So that's what we gave him. You know, because it's easy to put on a stinking mask, you know what I'm saying? To put up a front when you go to church and then you just act like everything's okay. But in reality, life could be painful at times. But sometimes we don't want to be looked down upon um, as less spiritual, you know, because we're a leader or whatever. So we put up these fronts, these facades. I'm not saying you should share your shit with everybody, you know, because trust has to be earned. But isn't it interesting that the place that a lot of religious folks would call a spiritual hospital, aka the church, ends up being a place where everyone looks healthy. So instead of being the place where we can be ourselves the church ends up being a place where we pretend that everything's okay and the truth is life can be hard at times life could be very painful at times you know everyone has a story you know and deep down you know behind all the masks you know beneath the facades there are real people and when there are real people there are real problems no one wants to give his or her heart to people who are fake no one wants to do that See, because being real is what creates real intimacy. And programs don't do that, folks. Programs in and of themselves are not wrong, but if you're talking about what a real community can be, it has to come from authenticity. Now look, let me clarify. I could have put this as a disclaimer in the beginning, but there's gonna be people misunderstanding this video. Look, if you experience love and life and authentic community at the institutional church that you go to, cool, stay. I'm not telling you to stink and leave. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But if you don't, if you don't think you're getting that, if you don't think you're experiencing that, don't feel bad then. If you feel like you might want to leave, you know, so you could choose to stay or you could choose to leave your church. It really depends on you. But I would say don't feel guilty about it. So what it comes down to is this, what would benefit you the most at this time in your life? Because even you leaving a particular church and trying to join us another group, you know, I, I've been to many different groups here in the Philippines of those who have left the traditional institutional church in the building and then they would form these other groups in homes or in coffee shops or whatever and they were kind of labeled the, the radical groups. And then I would attend these meetings and I'd, and I'd be observing, just watching, be like, these people are just as religious as people within the institutional church. You know, they still deal with power trips and 
all these things, leadership and control and authority, legalism. The only difference was the stinking location. And I personally met and I know pastors, dude, who don't like what they're doing. They don't want to become pastors anymore. You know, I've had lunch with people where they would say, Josh, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this anymore, but I inherited this church from my from my mother. Or what? And some of these pastors, these are big churches, folks, that these people are leading. And I get it. But, but the tough thing is, is that this is the way that they survive financially. So I could see the struggle. I could see how it could be hard to, to let it go right away. It's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding it. And that's by Upton Sinclair. So I, I get it at times when I, when I would meet with these pastors who are struggling with their ministry, not wanting to do it anymore. And then there's times where some of them, it just seems like that they're in denial. So was going to an institutional church a complete waste for me all these years? For me, no. I don't have any regrets of going to a church since I was a kid because that's where I met some of my closest friends. Even to this day, they're still my closest friends. That's where I heard some inspiring messages. You know, some, you know, not always. You know. A lot of time there was a lot of legalism. <laughs> I've seen the times when the church has become like a relief center and when a natural disaster hit or they opened up the church for homeless people. I've seen that. Those are the parts that I, that I love about it. In other words, there's always something good that you could point out on the things that you constructively criticize. But then again, we all have our experiences and we all need different things at different times. And I get it. There's no there's no perfect church. I get that. You'll, you'll have people saying, Josh, you know, stop criticizing. The church. There's no there's no perfect church community or whatever. But my point is that what people really need is a sense of belonging. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of, uh, of being accepted by people. So here's the big point I want to make in all of this. Stop focusing on going to church and start being. And honestly, I don't even like using that term church these days. You know, some of you guys know me and heard some of my recent videos because it tends to specify only a specific group because the word church can mean anything. <laughs> but what I'm saying is learn to live fully human. Laugh, cry, play, encourage, agree, disagree, live, love, just be yourselves. Because deep down, no one's looking for perfect people. We're looking for real ones. I just want to say thanks for watching this entire video. And if this has really touched you or you think other people need to hear this message, please share it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my channel. Love you all. Alrighty guys, I'm out. Peace.